Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Shelley R. Johannes is the author of 18 children's books, including the Theothesaurus series, Shine Like a Unicorn, and the Cece Loves Science picture book series, which she co-authors with Kimberly Durding. She also has several forthcoming chapter books arriving in 2023 and 2024. Shelley can often be found on highways and country roads, saving strays and other jaywalking critters, or volunteering with animal conservation groups like the Atlanta Zoo, the Dolphin Project, and Bosley's Puppy Orphanage. After earning a master's in marketing and working as an executive in corporate America, Shelley traded out her heels and suits for flip-flops and jeans so she could follow her passion of writing. Shelley lives in Atlanta, Georgia, with her own pack of animals, including a British husband, two teens, one bird, and two crazy golden doodles, along with the hundreds of loud characters that live in her head. Here is my conversation with Shelley. Hello, Shelley. How are you? Julie, how are you? I am well. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to talk with you in the midst of summer in which we both have teenagers and neither yeah. of us know what we're supposed to be doing at any given moment. No. <laughs> my, my day goes between meetings and playing video games and then lunch and then watching YouTube because I try to pop in and out and connect with them, you know? Yes, of course. Be cool or to try to... And then I'm always at the last minute going, oh my gosh, I have a meeting. I gotta go. And running out, like throwing on a jacket when I have like, you know, not nothing, but I have pajamas on the bottom. (laughs) That's the beauty of Zoom though, I will say. I do not miss wearing jeans sometimes. I'm like, this is great. Shorts, here I come. That's perfect. Are you a video gamer too? I am a little video gamer only because of my kids. Like I'll play Fall Guy or Fortnite or um, I think it's Bipod is something my son's into, but I cool. won't play, or maybe like Halo, but I can't play some of the other ones, you know, like, so I'll try and skim. Good for but, you. Yeah. I I'm mean, I want to know what they're playing, right? Like I want to. Oh, totally. I tap out around Mario Kart. I did some Minecraft in the early days, Yeah, built some stuff, but um, yeah, Fortnite, I know just watching them play it, I will not be able to handle that. Like the... The visual side of that, it's moving so quickly all the time in the building. Oh, we used to I, love, I mean, before Apple, like, got in a big fight with Epic Games. Oh, yeah. We used to, my husband and I used to play on the mobile, and the kids would play. And we played, we had family squads all the time. We loved it. I mean, it was so fun. Wow. But now Apple kind of took us off mobile. We're trying to learn how to play, like, on a PC. And my skills on a PC are not the same as mobile. Oh. So, 
That's and really disappointing. I mean, <laughs> chopped off at the knees on Fortnite. <laughs> I think we need a review somewhere. We need to Yelp this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. my gosh. Well, that is fun, though. I love that idea of being into what they're into. And that is very much my same approach, too, because you just, yeah, you want to be in with kind of what they're doing. Well, that's I, what they're talking about. I don't want to yes. be left out and just yes. not know what they're talking about. So I'm, you know, I can have that conversation of, um, you know, one of the a big YouTuber, Technoblade, died this past week. And my yes. kids were devastated. Yes. And I don't think we realize how much those YouTubers got our kids through COVID. And my you, kids, I mean, they, oh. they, they cried. Like, they were very upset. And I think they were like, we saw him every day with his videos. Yeah. And we played Minecraft live with him sometimes. And, and it, it was like a friend and it's, it is. it's odd, but as parents, we have to understand that that's a whole other social world for them. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it's so true. We had some tears at our house too, yeah. where yeah. that is a legitimate, I mean, even with social media, right? Like yeah. I make friends and have people that are very much a part of my life through that. And it's yeah. the same for them. So you're right. I know it sounded like he was a really uniquely special guy too, from what they told me about him. And so, yeah, yeah I, he was funny. And I think it just got them through some dark days when they had no one else. They had each yes, other and then yes. they had YouTubers. Yes. Gosh, so. that's such a good reminder. I really appreciate that too, because I think that it's easy for us to classify. We're so binary, right? Like video games, good, bad, or whatever. And YouTube can of course be a total spiral of <laughs> time loss, danger. but yeah. yeah. And danger. Yeah. But I think this idea that it's also a, it can be a good thing for them. So, well, good for you. Way to go, mom. Give yourself a pat on the back later. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see all the times I won Fortnite and I'm like posting about it. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back and that's going to be the first thing I tell my kids about you today when I get off this recording. I'm going to oh, say, Shelly plays Fortnite. Do you want to play? Do you want me to play Fortnite with you? And I do know their answer will be no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But they'll let me get in on other things. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be a hard pass, mom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, besides video games, we're here to talk books. You are an author and you have written a number of books. Do you want to give my listeners kind of a brief, like Shelly at a glance? Yes. Shelly at a glance. (laughs) Um, I mean, I actually studied marketing, so I have a master's in marketing, but um, about you know, I guess right when my daughter was born, I, I started writing. So I really never thought I was going to be a writer. And I was in dark YA. Somehow I fell into picture books. And even like Kim and I talk about it. I'm, we're not sure how, because she was writing picture books. She has the Body Finder series. Okay. Um, and I was writing uh, novels and ended up self-publishing some novels that were really successful. And then we just happened to get an idea one day about the CC Love Science series because our daughters had said the same thing, which was science was for boys. And at that time, my daughter was much, much younger. And we were just appalled thinking, how are kids getting this message? Like my husband has a a PhD in topography. I am really big into conservation. And she's always been a part of science. And so where did she get this message? And that really scared me that someone could get that kind of message in her head that mm. did not come from us. I know it didn't come from teachers. Right. It came from somewhere, and I still don't know where, of science was for boys. And so we wrote this picture book, and it just took off. I mean, it really... So we just both fell out of YA into picture books, and um, Kim's one of my best friends. So that was kind of how it got started. And it just 
just hasn't stopped in the picture books. That is so much fun. I really love the Love Science series because you started with Cece Love Science and now Vivi also Love Science and Libby. Mm -hmm. Libby. Perfect. And I really appreciate that. And what you're saying is so important because kids do pick that up. We even have that in the library sometimes where kids will say, oh, those books are for girls. And it's very, it's, it's so shocking to me when that happens. So it's always nice when I can catch it and correct it in the moment, but... I'm so glad. I've really enjoyed. We read CC Love Science uh, aloud last year too with the library. So the kids really approved, which is always a big test. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And we have the I Can Reads now. So we're kind of aging it up a little bit. So we've got two more, I think, coming out of the I Can Reads. Okay. Um, one in January and then the following January. So the series is continuing. And each I Can Read, is that a new character or are you building on the ones you already have? So we have a CC I can read and a Libby and a Vivi. And then okay. I think the next two, we may stick with Vivi and Libby. Perfect. Um, and kind of stay in kind of the oceanography, marine biology, and the chemistry, you know, area. So, so. cool. But so who knows after that? Well, who knows, especially since you started with dark YA. I'm so know, fascinated. Yeah. Are you are you dark and twisty inside? Super dark and twisty. <laughs> Everything, everything, everyone's out to get me. There's someone's following me. There's always a conspiracy, (laughs) like absolutely dark and twisty. I'm not quite sure where the fun, happy picture books come from. I think I have two sides. I have that light fairy side and then I have the more ghoulish side. So I think it just depends on which side I tap into. And they're friends. Yeah. yeah. My personalities are friends. <laughs> my, my multiple personalities are friends. They like each other. They hang out. <laughs> it's important. You want everyone to get along up there. Right. I mean, yes. synergy. Like we want harmony. A million percent. Uh, this is a hard left, but are you watching Westworld? I am not watching Westworld. Oh, I need okay. to be watching that. E, I think if Dark and Twisty Conspiracy, everyone else, like, I think... We can talk about that later. I think it might be in your wheelhouse. Okay, I'm going to write that down because I'm finishing some major things. So I'm going to write that down. Maybe that's my next one. Oh, it's pretty good. It's on HBO. But my husband and I watch it and just, it's kind of a mind twist one too. The premise behind it. So yes, I don't know that they'll be making Westworld into a children's book series anytime soon. So I don't know that professionally it really lines up, but that's okay. We can still have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tell me what the research is like for the science series books. How do you go about writing one? Well, so Kim studied biology in... um, in college. Okay. And so we kind of start there. We really wanted to have characters that focused on different science. So CC is zoology, Libby's chemistry, and then Vivi now is marine biology. So we kind of focus in there. Okay. And then I think we really run our books more around what are the experiments that kids could do at home? Because there's not a lot of experiments that are safe that they can do at home without, you know, even without parental Absolutely. Go outside and do it. Yes. So, um, you know, with Vivi that just came out, it was aquascopes and like the, you know, building a swim bladder. Yes. So because our books really focus on experiments that kids can do at home easily that have like home products, Mm -hmm. we kind of research that, like what are all the marine biology and then how can we put a story on that? That's really how we start. That's a really good approach. And I know that parents the world round appreciate that as opposed to suggesting some insane ingredient that they're going to have to source. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> explosives. 
yeah. <laughs> Vivi loves rockets. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. no, those are fantastic though. And I really love that because kids love to do what they see in a book. And I know when I was little, every time I read the Berenstein Bears in the messy room, I wanted to reorganize my closet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it really is just, wow, that's a cool thing to try. So right. not only are you giving the message, but you're giving them an opportunity to actually have some ownership in that and some enjoyment of doing science. Yeah. So if you love science, we um, actually went out and visited Kim in Seattle and we looked, went and looked at tide pools and what happens in Vivi Love Science where they find a fish under a rock, that really happened to us. And we were like, what kind of, we thought the fish needed to be put back in the water. So that story is actually real. So we were trying to figure out how can we use that story and you, and kind of incorporate tide pools. And that's when we came up with the aquascope of like looking oh. underwater and trying to look at tide pools. So, um, I mean, that's kind of where the stories come from. Yeah. Is, they're based around the science, I think. Well, and I was going to ask you about the co-writing experience because I've talked to a few people that have co-authored works and, you know, no one's said to me yet it was a disaster and blew up in our faces, but I could see that being so exciting. Is it just, and it sounds like since you guys are friends, that really yeah. helps, but that collaboration, do you feel like it like builds on itself? How does that go? Um, Do you guys talk it through or? Yeah, I mean, before we started that, our, our agents are with the same agency. So Andrea okay. Brown Literary Agency. So before we started, we kind of sat down and said, okay, if we're really going to do this, because we had heard of authors who had been best friends that wrote together and then weren't best friends. Oh my. <laughs> just like living with your roommate in college? Ugh. Yeah, like yeah. just through the grapevine. So okay. we were like, okay, we're just, no matter what, no matter what our agents say, we're always going to go with what each other says. So mm. if you think A and I, but I kind of agree with my agent, we're going to go with A. So we kind of made that agreement in the very beginning that it's you and I, and that's it. And if we don't agree, then we do something else. Okay. And so we really have kind of, that's what we've come back to every single time is even when we wanted to go in different directions, we came back and said, okay, like, where are we going to go from here? Like, I don't know what your agent said. I don't know what your agent said, but like, where do we want to go? Mm. So, um, I mean, we just get on Skype and we trust each other. So yeah. we know if I know if she's like, no, that stinks. I'm like, yeah, that kind of stinks. <laughs> like it doesn't, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, we really trust each other and know that the other person has our best interest at heart. So that's really good. Like, it sounds like, yeah, have... she's my person, right? Like, mm. so there's, there's nothing is gonna, nothing's gonna pull us apart. Not, not a book. So we've had some yeah. difficult times in making those decisions, but we've always just kind of hashed it out. Yeah. How did you two meet? We met blogging, like back in the blogger days online. This is a funny story. We always tell the story. So we met online and she loved my blog. I loved her blog. So it was like, I always read her blog. She always read mine. We had the same kind of sense of humor, same like, view of the 80s and just yes. the same kind of dumb jokes that we both tell. <laughs> and then I was going to an SCBWI, the Society for Children, Book yes. Writers, and Illustrators conference in LA. And my roommate had backed out. And so honestly, on a whim, I just emailed her. I was like, I know this sounds really weird, but like, are you going to LA? And would you want a room? And she's like, I am going to LA, but I didn't have a roommate, but let's try it. And we both laugh now saying, A, that was so dangerous. <laughs> like she, she said before I left, my husband was like, this could be a man in skivvies. Like you have no idea who this person is. <laughs> but honestly, the minute she walked in the room, like it was like that. I mean, it wasn't awkward at all. And we've just kind of done that ever since. It was just immediate. That is such a gift. Oh, so that's my, really cool. When my kids meet friends online, I'm always like, hey, if it's, 
you know, it happens. Like you meet people online. I mean, we've met people through Zibby books and yes. I mean, it's, you know, it happens. It really does. It's so yeah. true to kind of have that openness. I've actually been on trips with two people in my life that I had never before met in real life, which is surprising to many people. But yeah, you're right. It can either go really great or really, uh, either way you learn a good lesson. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> now that there's more opportunities to meet people online, like Skype totally. and Zoom, but I think in 2008, when we met, like that was unheard of. Like yeah. it was, that was yes. not good. Yes. <laughs> was- yes. Especially in blogging days, because it wasn't, yeah, that's like the very beginning of It wasn't Facebook, live video right? or Yeah, right. You didn't, yeah. yeah. But you can learn a lot about a person by their writing for sure. Yeah. Well, I love that story. That's yeah. so fun. That's interesting what you were saying though about having to sit down beforehand and establish those boundaries. I can see yeah. that being really important because you you both need to you do, I'm sure, have to set your ego aside a little bit. Not yeah. that you're a wild egomaniac, but I'm sure you oh, just have to <laughs> <laughs> correction. <laughs> Wrong. No, I think that you have to set that aside and figure out. And I think a lot of writers see this too, where at a certain point it becomes, what is this book meant to be? Is that how you feel sometimes? I've noticed that where it's like, I'm the creator of this also, but it sort of has its own life. Like we're just bringing it into the world a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it definitely came, like it was a universal, you know, path that came down. But I mean, we went through every scenario too. Like, what if you want to continue the Love Science series and I don't? What if I lose my agent and you don't? What if you, people ask you to speak and and they're not asking me? Because at the time, you know, she is a very established author, right? Like she has 10 YA books out. Wow. I mean, she got tons of awards, indie book pick. I mean, she's an amazing writer. So I definitely like, we definitely talked about like, I'm probably going to be in her shadow. She's first, her name's, you know, first on the list. It's it's the D, not the J. Is that okay? (laughs) Like we really tried to go through every single thing that we could because, you know, those are the things that come up that hurt your feelings that you don't talk about. Yes. And so it was just like, we're just going to support each other and know that this is, you know, our thing together and that we both have each other's interests, you know, at heart. Yeah. You do have to do that ahead of time though. You're right. Because then in the moment, it is a lot trickier to set aside kind of the noise, right? As opposed to, oh, that decision's already made. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, perfect. Well, Well, there's an article and they say, sometimes there was an article and they would say, you know, Kimberly Durding, author of Love Science series. Mm. And, you know, that that's hard. Like that's hard to hear when you're the co-author. Yes. Um, And we were always like, we would always point it out. You know, she would email someone and say, hey, you're missing an author on here. Or we would just, you know, talk it out. So it just, but but it was hard at first. I mean, I think now I've kind of gotten like some legs on my own. Yes. But at the time I definitely was riding her coattails. (laughs) (laughs) We all got to do what we got to do. Right. (laughs) Right. Your star's going up. I'm hanging on. I'm going with you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense though. You're right. That would be kind of tricky. And a lot of people also, I don't think, understand the co-authoring kind of synergy or there is sort of in their mind, there's a primary and a secondary, but it's true. I mean, it's a work that you're both doing. So, well, I think that your story, it sounds like, is a testament to co-authoring and the ways it can work. Maybe that could be a book. I was just thinking we could do like a workshop on that or something. You really could actually. Doing it in our way of resolving, you know, conflict. If we're in a book and there's something where I'm like, I hate that. 
And she's like, I love it. And I'm like, no, nah, it stinks. It's just something's not sitting right with me. We'll just yeah. put a note out to the side. Kim loves it. Shelly hates it. And then we'll just come <laughs> back to it after we step away. And usually after we step away, one of us is like, well, that's not a bridge I'm going to die. Like, I don't care. Totally. So, um, yeah. I really, that's, those are good life skills. Do you yeah. use those as uh, sort of like after school special bridges. stories to your kids? Because I know mine really love that. Yes. Like not when dying they're... on bridges. Yeah. Yes. Figure yes. Figure oh. out the bridges that you're willing to die on. Oh, that is a life lesson. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Well, let's talk about the new books that are coming out because yes. you have two. Yes. Uh, do you want to start with Penny or with yes, Theo? Yes, Penny. I actually have Penny here. Oh my goodness. Penny, the engineering tale of the fourth yes. little pig. So this is the second series that Kim and I are doing together. So for STEM. So Kim and I kind of focus on the STEM yep. lane. Um, we just do really well. She she really brings the science. And I think I really bring some of the humor. So it really balances out. So yeah, I'm excited about this. Penny is hilarious. I laughed out loud. Did you? Yes. You multiple like dumb times. And dumb puns like we do. Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we Swine. couldn't stuff that with any more puns. Oh. I mean, like we kept wondering, like our editor is totally going to take out some of these puns. There's too many on each page. And we just, it was just like stuff, stuff, stuff. Oh. I was dying. And the New Pork City yeah. and sw- that she was working on Swine Lake. I just, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I can't wait to send this to my sister because she loves puns. So yeah. no, but it's We so- love puns. We, we are punny. Well, this is the thing I love though. And as I was reading through it, I was thinking this will be great to read aloud because kids love to get the joke. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And jokes like that, even at the end, I will say when I read stylish on the last page, I was thinking I had to read that out loud to myself. I was like, why is there a hyphen? Oh, stylish. But I think even with the kids, yeah, you really, you did great. I mean, even to the point that it was, it was uh, breaking the bounds of my pun knowledge, but we educated you. Yes. Yes, oh, you did. But I we probably loved... should have put a glossary in the back of the puns, to be honest. We have a glossary in the back of like all the engineering stuff, but we yes. probably spent a pun glossary. Well, I mean, it's a good thing it's a series because you can always build that in next time. Yeah. But I really, I liked the humor. I thought it was sharp and funny. The illustrations are cute. Kids will connect. They love fractured fairy tales. Yeah. And anything that's sort of close. It reminded me a little bit, not in content or design necessarily, but uh, the three little wolves and the big bad pig. Have you ever read that one? Yeah. Okay. It reminded me of that. Is that? No, that one is Helen Oxenberry. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, And, but it's, you know, the big bad pig wasn't big and bad for nothing. He got his pneumatic drill, but I love it because it has all those specific terms. And I feel like Penny is that same sort of idea where you're actually giving them vocabulary. You have a glossary in the back. There's, it's yep. just so valuable on lots of levels. I could see them reading it and rereading it and loving it. Yeah. We kind of felt like, you know, as far as the fairy tales are concerned, mm-hmm. they all focus on princesses, right? And we never know what happens after the fairy tale. They say they live happily ever after, but we didn't see the next day. No. Like, we all have those honeymoon moments, but sometimes the next day isn't a honeymoon moment. So what happens after that? So yes. we kind of just came up with this idea of these STEM fairy tales where we would follow up, you know, with the fairy tale with what happens and try to see if we can put a STEM feel in it. So, you know, we're working on Snow White with math and because it's the seven dwarfs and just things like that. So for Penny, we kept thinking, well, what happened to the pigs after their houses were blown down? And, you know, someone ate the wolf or they chopped mm-hmm. up the wolf in the, in the 
bad fairy tale. Yes. And so that's when we came up with, oh, well, there's a fourth pig that wasn't there and she's an engineer and she's going to rebuild. And since that fit in our STEM wheelhouse, we kind of just felt that, you know, let's, let's take these fairy tales and let's put in a strong female character that ends up saving the day. It's not the prince. So in this sense, it's the sister that comes back and she's an engineer and she's going to help them rebuild. I loved it. It was so perfect. And I just, I mean, it just feels like a sister, right? I only have two sons at my house and there are occasions where I was like, you guys really need a sister. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting one from me, but you know, in the proverbial sense, maybe you can borrow one from one of your friends. (laughs) Right. I loved it. I thought it was really well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, illustration wise. Yeah. <clears throat> how do you guys end up working with your illustrators? Cause you've had a variety. Yes. Okay. So how does that work? Tell me. You've been very lucky. With the uh-huh. process, you guys finish the manuscript first and then what happens? Yeah. We finish the manuscript. Hopefully it's bought. And then it's the editor is usually the editor. Yeah, that's the, that's step one. Um, the editor is usually the one who we've been very lucky in that our editors have sent us back people that we could choose from. Okay. Um, and so we were able to kind of go through and be like, okay, out of these three, these are the two we love. This is the person we would prefer if it works out. Okay. So, um, they sent us some, uh, sketches of Penny, um, from Hannah and we just felt like she got Penny. Like, it, it just, we felt like there was kind of an attitude there. It was bright and colorful. We really wanted it to be like a bright and colorful fairy tale, not like the dark fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Hannah's been amazing and she's very detailed and we really wanted to have her play with those blueprints so that you could yes. really see what an engineer does instead yes. of just hearing about it. And I think she did a really good job of bringing all that detail, the map and just, you know, of Port Newport City and her going on the train. I think she brought a lot of great detail um, as an illustrator that really brought this this to life. Well, I agreed. And I wondered when I looked at it, <clears throat> particularly when I looked at the map, I thought, oh, I wonder if Shelly and Kim had all this sketched Mm-mm. in first. You didn't. Okay. I was no. wondering about that because I was looking at all the labels and it just was so, so well done. So what a gift to have the right person who yeah, sees it. I mean, we did not have many art notes in there at all. Maybe there were some things like Swine Lake, like, you know, mm-hmm. we want them to show her doing these three things, but um, that w- that's all Hannah. So the only wow. thing that we really had a say in, and when I say say, it wasn't that we wanted to have a say anything, but the only thing we really gave our input on was what she wore. We were mm. really concerned with 
um, you know, the first time it came back, her outfit was adorable, but it was not engineer. It was, you know, a cute little, she had a flower in the lapel. She was smaller than her brother. She had a little hat, which I thought was adorable. Like I would have loved to keep that with a little, she had like a little flower coming out of her top hat. Yes. She was adorable, but she wasn't an engineer. And so mm. we really didn't want to go in the cutesy route. We really wanted to be like, okay, it might be boring and it might not be like, fashionista but right. she really needs to be like in a suit and and she needs to be wearing the hard hat like we need to know that she is the boss she's the leader not the brothers we yes. want everyone to look towards her and so we kind of gave some of that feedback on making the brothers making her a little bit bigger um than she was before and giving her the hard hat and putting her in a suit and making sure she's carrying the blueprints so that she really did come across as the leader because as you know when you're in a meeting, I mean, I learned this in business, like when I first started, um, I had a mentor tell me, you know, always be the best dressed one in the room. Mm. Because when you're in a meeting with men, um, they will immediately assume the man is in charge unless you're one upping them in like, so I always came in in a pantsuit or something. And so that I wouldn't always be seen as, you know, the assistant or right. the young person who wasn't in charge. So that's kind of the, the, I guess the approach that we took with her. Wow. Add that to the list of things that women are still thinking about in 2022. I know, right? Right? Like we, just... Yeah. Even on Zooms, I think about that when I'm with my clients because I do copywriting on the side. I always come in and try to be more, even if I know they're wearing t-shirts, I always try to come in and, and be more dressed than they are. It's just, it's just been a habit. Absolutely. But well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yes. And I will say also Sadly, there is, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. You're right. But I will say on the flip side of that, it shouldn't matter. It still does. But also for me, I know that sometimes it's the wearing of the right clothing for the job. And like right. this, where you're talking about it, Penny's an engineer. She's got stuff to do. Her right. skirt and her jacket might be jamming her up. She needs practical clothing. So I love that idea. But what an interesting thing where that comes back and that that stands out to you for yeah. that reason, that that's still a consideration. Like, yeah, we just wanted to make sure she was the person that popped on every page. Yeah. Well, she does. And I am really excited about that book. That one comes out when you said it comes out August 2nd, August okay. 1st. Yeah. I think it's Great. August 1st. That'll be a perfect, that's, that's a back really good one. Yeah. Yep. Back to school is perfect. And we need more STEM titles and especially, STEM titles for girls. Cause for yeah. a while it felt like all we had was Rosie Revere engineer, which I love. Yeah. But adorable. yeah, but I think that just the more, and I do, I meant to mention this about the love science series. I really like that they're early readers that you're yeah. going that direction with them because I yeah. think that just has such importance and kids being able to read it on their own, interpret it on their own. That's so exciting for them. Yeah. Good. Well, exciting. Okay, so the other book we're going to talk about is Theothesaurus. And yes, I. Theothesaurus book two. So I've got book one. This came out okay. last year. So um, book two comes out July 26th. And this is my project on my own. This is on your so, own. Yes. And I have read Theothesaurus to my students, and I'm already planning on reading it again next year. Because really? How do you feel like this is a read aloud? Because I was reading it the other day, and I. I, I I loved it, but I was like, I wonder how this comes across as a read aloud for other people, because I was even stumbling over the words. I was like, I should probably practice some of these words before I read it aloud. Yes. Anathenium. Ath yeah. Athenium. How, what word is that? Athenium. 
Thank you. See, I can't even say it. Athenaeum. Yeah. Uh, so that one I struggled over and you yeah. can, obviously that is burned into my little embarrassment yeah. side of my brain because I yeah. read it eight months ago. But um, the thing I love about reading that one, even when I was stumbling over it though, yeah. when I was reading it to the kids, yeah. it's so great because I said, I don't know how to say this word. I'm going to go look that up. Oh, that's good. And yeah, for them to nice see Nice cover. That, well, hey, I'm a pro. That's right. <laughs> I'm a pro. Friends, I, point. friends I did this on purpose. Mrs. Chavez right. isn't really a bumbling dum-dum. Right. Who can help me pronounce this? Sound it out for me. By the syllables. That's great. Exactly. I'm going totally gonna to clap this. So they, um, no, but they really liked it. I will say, I think it worked. Well, the older kids know when I skip anything. So they yeah. insist on the definitions, the word bubbles, all of it. Yeah, the dino. They, yeah. Yes. The yes, the vocabulary. Dino, dino. Mm-hmm. The older kids, or excuse me, the younger kids liked it. I think I need to read it to them again. Mm. Because they the vocabulary takes them a second. So right. Right. I think it's I think it's a very I love it as a read aloud. And I think it will have legs for reading as a read aloud over the years because that's something that's really fun to do when I read it to first grade. Then they kind of have an introduction to the schema of it and, oh, this is what's happening. So then when they get more of the the humor and salutations yep. and these other pieces, that's really fun for them. They love Let me to tell you what I it. do. So when I read it, I will read it for the story and say, okay, okay let's just read it for the story. And then on my website, I have some activities. Yes. So I'll take them through an activity. I'll say, okay, now we're going to talk about some of the words. Like who knows what some of these words mean? Like, can you guess what some of these words mean Ooh, in the context? What a then good idea. I again. And at this time, we'll focus on the word. So like, who can pronounce this word? And then- so <laughs> Who can pronounce point, the one Mrs. Chavez can't? <laughs> I mean, at that point, they will have seen, they got the story and then yes. they've heard about the words. We've talked about the words, like- and then at the end, we'll be like, okay, we're going to read it again and see how many of you ha- know what these words mean with, you know, from the activity that we just went through. And so they'll all call out like, that means, you know, crudite means raw food and, you know, um, yes. Athenaeum means library. And so I kind of feel like by the end, by the second time I read it, they've gotten the story and the words. Mm. But I agree. The first time I think the words... They, they focus a little bit more on the story than the words. So yes. I try to follow that back up to make sure. And so a lot of times I feel like when I leave, they they walk away with at least a couple of new words that they can Absolutely. Use. Yeah. Well, and I love that idea too, because such an important part of writing is word choice. So right. that's something I talk with our kids about a lot where it's, you know, he said, she said, he said, she, no, these are, this is why we have more words to be more right. specific. So right. I really like that. And it's also a very sweet story that yeah. Theo is trying to find himself some friends. Yeah. Right. And I got I, it from my son because my son has always been, I mean, he's a teen now, but he's always been the person who would write something. And then he would always ask for the bigger words, like mm. big words, impress teachers. What's the big word for this? And sometimes the word he would come up with, I'd be like, sure that's the right word for that context and he'd be like no you know I looked it up and um and so there was one afternoon I was cooking which doesn't happen often and he was yelling from the back like what's a big word for happy and I was like look at a thesaurus and he was like a what and we're screaming right like oh of course like mom and kid we're not heaven forbid if we were ever talking in the same room no 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 (laughs) that's not what we do we're screaming (laughs) I'm pretending to cook and then he said, a what? And I said, a thesaurus, you know, like the dinosaur thesaurus. And then I was like, 
I wonder if that's been, surely that's been done, you know, like yeah, it has to have been done. And I left the food to burn. Great. And we probably just had tacos that night again uh, and tacos went over and looked right. and was like, surely that's been done. And it, and it hadn't been, and I, I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, I literally wrote that story, you know, that night. And of course wanted a story where the kid is not communicating. He feels left out. Yes. He's not using the same language. Um, yes. You know, kind of, so, I mean, and now the second book is really goes into him getting a new pet and trying to figure out how to communicate to the pet what he's trying to say and what, how to change his language versus something else. And I thought a pet would be fun as opposed to someone else, you know? I loved it. Fang is adorable. Fang and is also adorable. Mike just... is the illustrator and he's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought that was just so perfect. And I really liked uh, the illustration with everything dug up. <laughs> that really yeah. spoke to me. I was like, that looks like a pet. And we've all had that pet. Yes. <laughs> that yes. doesn't listen, that you just nope. cannot talk to. Yeah. That, but that you will talk to for a long time and have a whole conversation with. Yes. And think that they understand what you've just said for five minutes. Oh. And really all they heard was their name. It's so true. Yeah. You're really breaking it down for them, giving them reasons <laughs> for why they should do a certain thing. And right. No. Right. I loved that though, because I think that speaks also. And this is the thing I love about both Thesaurus books. Theo is a perfect example of trying to be understood, right? Yeah. He really is like that, that character. So yeah. I, I feel that too, where it just is that I just, I just want to be getting my point across. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I mean, really the love theme, it. Like I seem to have like, even my shine, like a unicorn book that came out, it, there's a theme of the person who needs to be understood, oh. who is different, who is left out, <laughs> obviously yeah. from my childhood in some way. Um, because but, someone's like, you always have this, like this, you have a similar theme of being, of being kind of the one that's on the out, the outsider. I'm like, yeah, I do I still feel like that. Even as an adult, sometimes I feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's why it's so universal. And I think so many kids and adults feel that way. Yeah. Even when we're in, it can be right. strange and to feel like you're on the outs, especially if you're a person with a rich inner life. Like yeah. there's a lot going on up there. Yeah. So it's hard oh, yeah. to, to share that and draw other people in, especially if they don't want you to talk too much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like your teenagers, for example. Yes. Yeah. I'm <laughs> constantly drilling them with questions. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about what you're working on now. So you're working on, oh, and when does Theo number two come out? July 26th. July 26th. Yeah, okay, so right great. Yeah. Perfect. These will be great acquisitions. I can't wait to get them in the library. Great books Perfect. For, yeah. Back to school. Yes. Because one and, is the literacy and the vocabulary and really being different and learning how to adapt in different situations where you can't communicate. Yep. Um, and then the other one is really like engineering and just kind of strong girl, um, you know, build what you need for yourself. I love it. I have such an attitude. Some of my kids, I'll give them one princess book, but then they come back the next week. Can I have another princess book? I'm like, nah, I'm going to yeah. give you something else. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of library we run. We're really about what people want. And yeah. by people, I mean me. Right. We're really about what I want you to read. <laughs> I don't want to be controlling, but I'm going to tell you what to do, kids. Yeah. Oh, uh, that is, well, okay. So we're working on, those two are already coming out in the pipeline. You're working on another uh, reader for science. What else are you working on? Yeah. Well, um, so Kim and I have sold a chapter book series that has not been announced yet, which is, 
a it is a STEM chapter book series, and it has to do with agriculture. That's oh, all I probably can okay. say. Okay, that's fine. No, what that, level? What age? Uh, I would say young chapter books, like early reader chapter books. So awesome. maybe, but not graphic. Yeah, like I, Magic like, Treehouse? Yeah, but okay. maybe a little bit younger. Like okay. one of Magic Treehouse, but maybe a little bit younger. But yeah, right in that really thin chapter book. So we've got four of those coming out. And then I have a chapter book coming out next March that hasn't been announced yet. Um I'll just say it's with a very popular series. Um, exciting. Very excited about. Yeah. Oh, so, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So hopefully they announce it soon. I keep asking them, when are you going to announce it? When are you going to announce it? Um, so we've kind of moved a little bit into chapter books and we've got, of course, the I Can Reads coming out and then, you know, just whatever books we're working on. I mean, we both have our own kind of career paths, but we both yeah. kind of connect on certain ideas that spark us. So we'll see, but I definitely have a few things coming out over the next couple of years. I'm excited about. That's exciting. What is, before we, uh, before you ask me my question, what is your best writerly tip? Because I think, and I specifically, I'm thinking that you, you do a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. You wear a lot of hats. So as far as that goes, what would be your best tip or best thing that you've learned from that side of your experience? Okay. So one thing that I've learned recently, and I, I think I might've learned it from Gabrielle Bernstein. So her podcast is really just on kind of being positive and manifesting what you want, but there was something, there was a, uh, a podcast or a meditation or something that she had on writing. Mm -hmm. And she said something that I thought was like, I'm not going to say like persistence or, you know, rejection or anything like that, because that's something we all work through as authors. Yes. But she had something that was about intention Mm. and it really helped me. I'm writing a middle grade right now. And it really helped me because she was like, I want you to write down what your intention is for this book. And when I wrote down what that intention was, I realized there was a lot of stuff in my book that was not focused on that intention. And so I thought that was brilliant because I think we write stories and we get away, like we have a reason why we start coming up with stories, but we kind of start getting away from that as we build it. Like maybe we need more, maybe we need this, maybe we need this. And we kind of start losing what that core heart piece was. Mm. And so when she said that to me, that really like, I don't know, it just was an aha moment for me. Like, oh, that's right. I have intentions with my books. And there is a core intention for every book. And I need to stick to that and make sure I don't lose it in the story. Like in trying to build the story around it. And not so that when people come away from that book, that intention comes with them. Yes. And so I think, I don't know. I thought that was, that was a big aha for me. That's fantastic. I try to write down my intention now of the book before I start writing it. Like what, what really am I wanting to get at? Is it funny? Is it STEM? Mm. Is it engineering? Is it strong girl? Like what really is my heart's intention, my spirit's intention for like for this book? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And I love that because you have, I've told my husband this a few times. I'm like, I feel like there's writing a book and then there's publishing a book. They are right. very- Yeah, the business of publishing. Yeah. Is, don't think about that. Yes. So- yeah. But that this kind of the publishing machine of things, and naturally so, right? Like it's got to advance it and look at it critically and in a different way. But you're exactly right to be able to keep that heart intact. And then I think that also guides a healthy definition of success, right? Like how do you, because copies and whatever, I mean, you're never going to be able to control that. So this idea of 
I want somebody to walk away from this and feel this way or understood or whatever it is. And then I, I really love that. That's a really excellent thought. I'm going to be trying yeah, that, that was over. a moment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And writing it down is important. It, I mean, yeah. it sounds counterintuitive, right? Like writers. And I was kind of lost in my middle ridiculous. grade as I was, and I'm still working on it. So it's a work in progress, but I was kind of lost in it. And it really helped me mm. think, oh, I'm starting it in the wrong place. Cause that has nothing to do with my intention. Like, did you, you set know. the intention midway through or did yeah. you start with that one? You know, oh. I had already started drafting it and then I heard her thing and I was like, oh, what is my intention for this book? Wow. Because I hadn't really thought about that before. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote out kind of what it was. And then when I read it again, I was just kind of thinking, none of this has to do with this core piece. So I need totally. to cut all this. Like this all needs to be <laughs> this cut. This is all gone. Which as a writer is such a great feeling. Yeah. When you're like, oh, all those scenes I've written, let's get rid of those. Right. But it is all in service of the the broader scope. That's an excellent tip at any yeah. stage. So I'm sure people will use that. Okay. So well, to close this down, do you have a question for me? I do. So, um, you know, I do a lot of school visits with media specialists, um, yes. and literacy coaches, and I've always wondered like how they hear about books, like how much, how much interaction do the schools and libraries have with, because we're a very, like our STEM books are really popular with school and libraries. Yeah. You know, do they get promotional materials? Do they hear from editors? Is it just word of mouth or is it really just what is awards and what ALA promotes? So I would love to know like where, how you hear about your books and how That's, you, what resources you go to, to find the, the small books that aren't getting that, that level of marketing. Yes. I definitely look at award winners. I think I get School Library Journal, which is a mm-hmm. big one because they have okay. a lot more comprehensive listings and reviews. Right. I so my library uses Follett for our okay. purchasing or for the majority yep. of our purchasing yep. and for our catalog. So they have a system that also will, you know, give me new arrivals and things like that. So I usually start with authors I know. I'll go through School Library Journal, I'll look through the Wave, which is Follett's kind of newsletter. Okay. And then I will also look at, I use a lot of um, lists. ImaginationSoup.net is one that I use a lot. Melissa Taylor, she does a lot of lists. So I have a few that I consult. um, Read Brightly is another one. Because some of those, I'll go to those lists because I'm not getting advanced reader copies or promotional materials. At all? I don't get any. Wow. I know. It's interesting. But Not it even could emails? be. Uh, I've gotten a handful of emails over the okay. years. Wow. But okay. I've been there for five years. So in general, I don't get a lot. And it's possible that the high school librarians get more since they are teacher librarians. So okay. that is possible that it's going that direction. But in general, no, I'm kind of looking and seeing what I like. I go to bookstores, check that out. But the the majority, I feel like, of promotional materials go to probably public libraries because their purchasing power is a little bit bigger. Okay. And then also uh, to bookstores. Right. So I typically just try and do extra research. But yeah, School Library Journal is a good one. And they have good emails and those other few I mentioned. But sometimes it really is just getting them in my hand and seeing what we like. So I think, do you like, can authors contact you? Like if, if an author emailed you and say, Hey, here's my new book. Are you just like, Ugh. or are you like, Oh, this looks interesting. No, I would love that. Especially yeah. if there's an opportunity to, to visit. And now that we have zoom, it's so much easier. I yeah. love 
author visits and yeah. our local bookstore does a bunch. So they'll coordinate with me, but I'm kind of like, I want all of them. The other elementary right, right. schools can have what I leave for them. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they're great, but it's great to hear. It is helpful though, to have published reviews because I yeah. know that our library cannot acquire a book that has less than two published reviews. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's the general guideline. So you need... because wow, I'm trying to think, like, I think Theo has Kirkus. I don't even know if Theo has another one besides Kirkus. Maybe he has SLJ. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. He That's might. Yeah. He might or he slipped through the cracks. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a very good librarian. <laughs> who knows? You know. Who yeah, knows? right? <laughs> no, I think... Uh, but the, the reviews do help just because self-publishing... Yes, is both good and also can be problematic. Right. It's in hard to institutional. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I love hearing from authors because I think it, oh, if nothing else, it enriches the kids' experience so much. It's the yeah. same reason I go to book clubs, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Shelly, this has been super fun. I really think we have a lot more to talk about. I know. So I think Part we'll just, two. yes, we will schedule. <laughs> let's just pre-schedule. Let's manifest that intention. Yes. And then good. you can come back when you can talk about uh, your March project and maybe yep. your middle grade book and also the new ones with Kim. I'm super yeah. excited. And Thank you. I'm so, so oh, it's my pleasure. And I am a fan of your books. You're doing a really nice job writing intentional it's just intentional texts for kids that don't feel laborious. Yeah, it's, and I can't wait really for yours. Oh, I, I'm excited for when that time comes. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, I'll see you soon then. I'll see you on Book Club, actually. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All, right, All right, thanks so much, friend. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at juliewritesWords, or you can go to my website, juliewritesWords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 